Hi, so um, it is the um, 15th of April now, uh, a day before the Howl Festival. <laughs> I'm with Kai Kello, um, just off Jean Talon. And um, basically, we've been recording these um, small um, discussions, conversations, and it's sort of an attempt to present a capsule or a, a picture of some of the ideas of the, the people who've been involved in putting Howl Festival together and, and the ideas around the work. So the festival's coming up and mm -hmm. there's a lot happening. But I, I'm wondering, you know, Montreal's a city of festivals. There's so many big, you know, corporate-funded festivals, mainstream festivals that, whose main objective is to be big be brash you know and and to occupy the the quartier the spectacle um you know our approach is slightly different but it's also grounded in some also political ideas I, i'm wondering if you could share um for people who are interested in howl and are going to be coming to the festival what are some of the the ideas that are important from from your point of view that are driving this festival and and also your contributions to it um well, I mean, I think that that's a great place to start. I mean, I think in Howell, the festival is um, one of the things that we try to do when we talk about events and we talk about programming and we talk about themes for the festival. There's a constant discussion of ideas that are relevant to what's going on um, in the lives of people in our society. Um, mm -hmm. So the aim of the festival is not um, to have a party, the aim of the festival is not to um, have capital F fun. It's that's that's that doesn't mean that we are acting in opposition to that. But that's not just the central aim of the festival for people to I come see, and have yeah. fun, right? Um, uh, we're engaged in uh, an attempt to uh, program innovative art that also. Um, maintains a sense of innovation but also manages to uh, interrogate and discuss uh, things that are going on in our society. You know, so, we were talking about um, um, a Howell exhibit the other day that talks about um, uh, representations of African Americans in um, uh, advertising and the relationship to the actual image of people in real life, right? Mm. So. The art is definitely engaged in, in, in a lot of different ways, on a lot of different levels. That's, that's, that's the aim. Yeah, so, I mean, why is that distinction between, like, I mean, obviously people go to a, a, a concert, and Howell hosts a lot of concerts, obviously, um, but why is that distinction between the party uh, as opposed to, you know, events that, that do have, like, the sort of transcendental aspect, you know, in terms of music... And, and, you know, that is an experience, an enjoyable one, but there's also that other layer. Why, why do you make that distinction? Why is that distinction important, do you think, in terms of how we've tried to approach things? And, and, and how does that relate also to what the other things going on in the city? And why is that different approach important from your point of view? Well, because I think that the former approach, um, the hosting a, a giant corporate-sponsored party, for instance, on some, in, in the case of some festivals, is a political gesture and it's a political idea. Mm. It's the idea is to foreground um, a space that appears mm. to be apolitical, that appears to be inclusive, uh, but at the same time, it is a specific decision to foreground 
you know, um, dancing to the music, mm. um, being hip, as mm. opposed to actually discussing ideas that are mm. that are 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 at the heart of different social concerns in our society and that are being further discussed through art, right? Mm. Um, and so we make explicit that we're making the other decision. Um, and I think it's also important because it's, it's important to, there are a lot of festivals in Montreal, and I think it is important to question the terms of the festivals, the terms on which the festivals are um, held. Mm. Um, there are some festivals that are not, um, uh, you know, giant, like, pop parties, basically. Sure. Um, and that there are other event series that are very much uh, engagé, you know. Oui. Um, and, um, and I think that those series are great, that mm -hmm. discuss issues of, of sexuality, gender, mm -hmm. um, the intersections of gender, race, and sexuality, mm -hmm. uh, issues of, of class, mm -hmm. race, and ability, and the various intersections among those um, concerns and, and states of being. So, mm -hmm. um, and that really foreground that. And I think that's important to do. Um, and I'm glad that the Howell Collective engages in foregrounding those approaches and those discussions. I remember this exchange that you, you um, put forward on the Resonance Reading Series blog for mm -hmm. the, the poetry readings that are happening at Resonance Cafe, and there are, I, I'd never seen it articulated in that maybe direct of a way uh, from like artists within our milieu when you were talking about um, I just, I would, uh, political art versus non-political art, and often people use this offhand or shorthand mm -hmm. to say, oh, well, that's political art, oh, that's art. Yeah. And it, I'm just wondering if you could explore a bit more of that idea, because increasingly, like, in the time that we're living, we're seeing more and more people challenging that, that breakdown of political art versus non-political art. Um, so I'm wondering if you could talk a bit about some of the ideas you were writing about um, in that interview exchange on the Resonance Reading Series blog, and also um, how that impacts you know artists in our city, but also more more generally. Uh, well, I, I think from what I recall, I mean, one of the things that I was saying is that I I um, I remember a time when um, art you know works by certain artists, in particular artists of color, queer artists, could be dismissed out of hand. Um, by saying, oh, well, that's political mm. work, you know. Um, and, and, and then in other circles, mm. um, art was praised because it was socially engaged. Uh, it had a political edge. And the fact was simply that for some of us, just to simply address mm. um, the conditions of our existence and of our history is um, for, for some of us, we are talking about the objective conditions that we exist in. But for others, that appears to be a political challenge, right? Mm. And those who feel to be challenged by that mm. um, in the past have been able to just dismiss work as quote-unquote political. Mm. Um, but at the same time, art that, is, that does not d address um, socially challenging subjects head-on, um, it makes a distinct decision not to do that. And it sure. broadcasts its identity very loudly by not doing that. What do you and, mean by broadcast? Well, it broadcasts its identity. Its identity. Like you, like it, it, it tells you where it's from in terms of, um, it's it in terms of. I can I'll say this. It's 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 like a like a kind of middle class 
we were talking about this earlier, sort of middle-class discreteness, where you don't talk about certain things. You're very careful to skirt certain subjects in order to maintain uh, a, a veneer of politeness, right? Um, and so Seems what it talks about is, well, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of, it's like, uh, like, like maintaining the polite dinner conversation and allowing it to keep going by not um, uh, uh, engaging with, 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 with subjects that, that start with the capital R, race, or the capital Q, queer, or, or the other capital R for radical or anything like that, right? So, um, yeah, it broadcasts its identity by not, by, by, by holding back from engaging those topics. You know, and that says a lot about class aspirations. It potentially says something about race. Mm -hmm. um, it might say something about what a person's ambitions are mm -hmm. and how conventional those ambitions are mm -hmm. um, and how fragile they are. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it might say a, a great deal more about a person's background and the traditions, the artistic traditions uh, that they are invested in. Mm. Well, it's interesting what, what you're saying in terms of also Montreal as a city, because Montreal often identifies with jazz in quotations, but a certain history, history of jazz seems pretty disconnected from a lot of the, the real history. Well, I mean, yeah, Montreal does have a lot of history with, with the jazz community, with the jazz art form, um, but... Um, I mean, Montreal has produced a few jazz giants, right? Sure. But it's very hard to, in a sense, see that music and the vitality of that music yeah. and, the, and, the, and the street level human engagement in, you know, is it the Du Maurier Tinto Alcan Festival? Like I that, think that, that's what it's that, that's, Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, the Labatt Tinto Maurier Festival. Well, I think Du Maurier is uh, it's, it's cigarettes. That, that's all. They got a car manufacturer or something now. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, it's very difficult to discern. I'll say, actually, speaking of music in Montreal, like, and the jazz festival, one of the things that I have, in spite of myself, always liked about the jazz festival is that for many years they maintained a stage called Tropique, which was a stage where you could go down in, close to Place des Arts and you could see for free every single night music programming from around the world. So you'd see bands from uh, uh, Sierra Leone, you'd see bands from uh, Cuba, you would see bands from, uh, you know, Trinidad, all kinds of places, right, for free. And you would never see those as part of any other festival, no matter how progressive in the city, or you would very rarely... You, you wouldn't see that same extended grouping over the period of, like, two weeks, right? Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of that would that and that was a, a conscious decision on the part of the festival to highlight that kind of music sure. and to bring that kind of music to the festival uh and to attract the audience for that kind of music uh, right which include people like me yeah um but at the same time it's extremely difficult to to discern what connection like the the, the giant kind of you know uh corporate jazz festival has to uh the history of jazz in montreal like i don't like jazz is not a um, a corporate music, mm. but um, but yeah, so so it's just difficult to see the links between jazz music um, and the 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 everyday reality of that. What it would be like sure. to actually make the music and see the music made live, and all of the corporate um, you know context of the festival. That to me is um, is is divergent. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, those are two two things are not uh, they don't share the same aims. Mm. Could you? What do you mean by that? Um, well, I don't think that the purpose of playing jazz music or, or is is to turn a profit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's not the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I mean this. You know, we're having this these conversations with people who've been around organizing the Howl Festival, and it's the third year now in in this incarnation. And um, one thing that's come up in some of the other discussions is the fact that nobody's making any money. But you know, there's no, there's no. Um, I mean, there's some symbolic amounts going around, but in terms of salaried workers, right? Like right. this is this is an initiative that comes together out of people sort of passing energy back and forth and making something happen. It just as compared to other processes, that's pretty different. Um, mm-hmm. And that's how it's happening. Um, and it is what it is. But I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts about uh, why putting that out there is important. Because I think sometimes people don't get that uh, in terms of understanding where something's coming from. But um, what does that mean to you as, as an artist and also as a curator yourself? One of the things I, th- I think is that um, there's a commonly held, I will make the generalization, that there's a commonly held belief that um, what participation in the arts necessarily means is that you get involved on a more or less grassroots level and then you climb that level uh, to the point where you reach some degree of broad recognition uh, that is distinct from your experience at the grassroots level Mm. and that is superior to that. And once you've reached that degree of broad recognition, then you've arrived as an artist. So there's this kind of process of arrival. And um, I think that there are a lot of really interesting creative thinkers out there. One would be um, Jason from the Community Vibe Collective, who, in spite of the success of a number of the projects that he's been involved in, he has always shown to be, you know, to have an extremely limited investment in in, um, uh, pop music and pop culture. And the structure you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And he is interested in the arts, from what I know from interacting with him, as a really vital organ for community development, for engagement, for nurturing, um, not just as something that you do to advance yourself, but something that, uh, but but as a deep human engagement Mm -hmm. and as a communion with uh, the forces that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, put you on this planet and and keep you alive, right? both inside you and historically. So mm. um, that, I think, is the model of, of, mm. of art and arts engagement that I'm interested in and that I see reflected in the ideas and, mm. and approaches of many of the people in the Howell Collective. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that we eschew being successful in one way or another as artists, mm-hmm. but that that's where we... Um, uh, that's the that's the real origin of our work and our thinking, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that is one of the things that, that uh, really kind of binds us together in our thinking and mm-hmm. our, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, activities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And does that have a relationship to you with um, ideas of, like, because there is that link 
that is made clear between social activism and the arts. Um, I'm just so just for people who might be checking out how events, but um, haven't explored as much. For example, the the links to like social justice struggles. We were just at that fifteen dollar an hour uh, rally going on, yeah. organized by a number of groups, but also the Immigrant Workers Center was quite involved. Um, you know, uh, for years. Uh, been going to these types of events and as artists or just as members of the community. What is the importance of that link? You're talking about um, that sort of bringing together of forces, both on an emotive sense, an artistic sense, but also on a community sense when you're talking about community and also a lot of the ideas around how, for you, how does that relate to that connection to activism? I guess I, I, I guess I'm also asking because you know I'm also asking that in the sense of like um, you're talking before about how uh, mainstream frameworks for art define art as political when a lot of people start expressing simply their experience of existence uh, in relation to race in relation to gender in relation to class um, and um, it's that art has been defined historically and it still happens a lot, especially in Canada as activist art. Um, and at the same time that, um, a lot of the events around Howell prioritize those types of voices, it's presented as art. It's not presented simply as activist art, but it's the artists expressing their experiences. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could offer some thoughts around activism and, because also as an artist, you've addressed these issues for a number of years, but has have also really focused on your craft as an artist, um, but not simply to, you know, explore a mainstream framework for being a poet, but I, your work has also explored on an emotive sense a lot of these issues. Um, you know, I come from a tradition where getting together and, and, and playing music or, you know, um, the oral tradition, dance, things like that, um, were used to help people, um, you know, experience moments of uh, transcendence mm -hmm. in a world mm -hmm. that was often very hostile and degrading um, and violent, perhaps. And so it was a way, the arts were a way of, um, uh, especially, you know, for some of us here in the new, the, in, in the Americas, um, you know, a way of, um, of, uh, looking beyond those, looking at those material conditions, but also looking beyond them, looking through them, using, you know, humor, using mm -hmm. satire, mm -hmm. using rhythm, using movement, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's a way that art is linked to activism in that it is a way of engaging directly with mm -hmm. the world that we're in, and also of, of envisioning the possibilities for a, a different one, mm -hmm. you know, and different conditions of existence. Um, yeah, I would say that that's where that's very common link right there. Thanks, Kai. Appreciate this. Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah.